Next on BYU Sports Nation, sure, BYU's lost seven in a row to Utah, but that how does that tie into these two teams this season? What will be the most telling and influential stat that will determine the outcome of Saturday's game except the score? And Max Hall joins us. Can he help us break the Max Hall curse? This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What's up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is great to have you on Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, November 21st. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is recovering from the 10 o'clock news, so I'm teamed up with a man who refuses to wear red all year, let alone this week, (laughs) Jason Shepard. You think it's uh, it's a joke? It's not. I I truly. If, I'm the same way. If I can avoid it, I do. And I I follow two teams whose colors are red: the St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. So it would be understandable if I, you wore that. I have gotten around it by wearing alternate colors that they have. Like mm. the Cardinals have some navy blue stuff. That's what I buy. But especially this week. Yes. No. There's no, no red this week at red. all. Nothing. No red. Come on. Hey, we've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, Max Hall is going to join the program, as mentioned, 15 minutes from now. What does he think of Zach Wilson, and can he break his own curse against Utah? <laughs> Plus, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, he's busy this week, but he found some time for us 40 minutes from now. Why is the game on the 24th significant? We will discuss. But first, let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Cougars continue preparation for now number 17, Utah, on Saturday, even though the Utes have clinched a spot in the Pac-12 championship game. Head coach Kyle Whittingham says that doesn't change a thing. That's a, that's a philosophical question, and uh, you know I've heard you know several people say you know that uh, you should do whatever you can to, to maximize your chances for the for the championship game. But that's you know that's not our approach. Our approach is one game at a time, and we're not looking past this game. Just like we wouldn't look past it if it was anybody else on the schedule. Join us Saturday, 8 Eastern, for BYU Radio pregame coverage after the BYU-Houston men's basketball game, and then at 9 Eastern on BYU TV for Countdown to Kickoff. BYU men's hoops playing Rice tonight at the Marriott Center. Yoli Childs will be going for his sixth consecutive double-double of the season. The game will tip at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch on BYU TV, listen on BYU Radio. And pregame at 8 Eastern. Pregame at 8 Eastern. With you. I'll be there. BYU women's basketball knocks off Utah State in overtime, 62-57. Freshman Shaylee Gonzalez scored a game-high 20 points off the bench. The 3-1 Cougars play in San Diego this weekend in the San Diego State Thanksgiving Classic. And in quite a shocker, BYU women's volleyball swept in its regular season finale at LMU. This was BYU's first loss of the season. Also, the first time the Cougars have been swept since September of 2016. Cougars will now begin to prepare for the NCAA tournament. Seeding for the tourney will be announced on Sunday. First loss, 27-1 up. Do you think that knocks BYU out of a one seed? I, I certainly hope it doesn't, but it didn't come at the right time. Yeah, I, I think BYU is probably going to be a two seed. That's my guess when everything shakes I, out. I hope it doesn't, but it, that, that, just, that was very surprising. Yeah, it was a bummer. But uh, perhaps it's a good thing. They get a loss out of the way, and then they go on a run here in the tourney, and uh, we'll see what happens. Let's get to it. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. It's been seven games and nine long 
fruitless years since BYU last beat Utah. Ah, there have been the close ones. There have been some blowouts. There was even a game where there was a blowout, and then it got close in the same game. Regardless, it's seven L's in a row, and enough is enough. Kalani Satake, what do you think? To be honest with you, this streak is, is a, it's a little bit, for me, it's, it's like harsh because fans, are, are, they approach me like I'm part of the streak. I, I was on the other side, you know, when, when, we, when we started this. And so, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated. But the past about, about the, lo- the losing, you know, but the past really has nothing to do with what we're doing and trying to do right now. We're focused on this week. And um, the past really has no reflection on how this game is going to take place. Okay. What role, if any, Jason, does the streak play into this Saturday's game? Look, from an on-the-field perspective, it means nothing. From an on-the-field perspective. The personnel is different. The circumstances that both teams have gone through this year, they're completely unique to this year. In fact, A-Rod agrees with me. And those games have nothing to do with this one. This is our team this year against their team this year. And any game that happened in the past really is, doesn't matter. You, you can't, if you are a player, you cannot allow something that happened last year affect how you play on a given day. It, it, it can't happen. Now, it would also be naive to think that Utah does not come into this game feeling very confident having beaten BYU seven times in a row. That's just natural for a team that has had success against another team to go in with an air of confidence and a team on the other side to go in with a little bit less confidence. That, that, would, that would make complete sense. It makes complete sense. The seven-game losing streak, though, only matters if the players allow it to. If they allow it to get in their heads, then it matters. Otherwise, this game should be completely contained to what happens on Saturday. Why can't it be a positive motivator? Why can't BYU say, listen, we've lost seven in a row. That's got to end now. Our preparation is even better because we want to end this streak. I don't understand why uh, you would just completely ignore it. So remember when Hawaii came into Provo this year? We said, hey, they've never won here. That was a thing. BYU's like, yeah, they haven't won here. We're going to make sure that keeps going. You know, that goes. If you have, why would you ignore historical trends? I think it's a little odd. So if you have a history of something in your family, whether it's certain habits or a health issue or whatever, why would I, if, if there's a history of X in my family, why would I be like, no, that's not me. I would be like, I am aware of that, and I'm going to take a little more precaution based on that. I think that BYU should, should be positively motivated by the fact that they have lost seven in a row to say, you know what? We're going we're, we're gonna to do our best to end that because that's ridiculous. And there have been some close games, but BYU needs to win this game. They, they, need to, they need to show up and win this for the fans. They need to show up and win it for the program. You can't tell me that the players on BYU's roster are like, you know what, that has no impact on us. There are 81 guys, I looked, 81 players who have played Utah before and lost. Those 81 remember the loss, okay? Plus the last six games, BYU's led for a total of 9 minutes and 40 seconds. I, I totally. It's time to take a lead, and it's time to finish with a lead. I That's agree, called a win. I agree with you that it can be used as motivation, but if you're a player, you cannot go out there and assume that because of what happened for the last seven years, that's going to affect how you play on that day. It can affect you positively. If it, that's yes, what I'm saying. I'm saying. Why does it have to be it's negative? All, it is all mental. It will have an effect if you allow it to, and that can be both positively and negatively. All right, there's so many different factors that play into a win or a loss. Some you can control. Some are determined by your opponent. 
So, Jerem, what's the one stat outside of the actual score that you think will play the biggest role in the outcome of Saturday's game? I think turnovers would make sense, but I'm going to go a different direction. Um, Red zone offense. Utah's number one nationally in this number. That means when you get inside the 20, how often do you score? That's typically a field goal or a touchdown, right? So 59.4% for Utah. BYU in its four Power 5 games is averaging two and a half trips inside the red zone. That's not a lot, okay? But BYU's 7 for 10 in those. So I, I think when BYU gets inside the red zone, the Cougars need to get in there and score um, and score touchdowns. If BYU, BYU's had leads against Utah where it's like 13 to nothing or whatever, and then Utah comes back and wins that game. BYU led the 54-10 abomination in 2011. For, that never happened. For I've minute, it. For a few minutes in the second quarter. Um, BYU needs to move the ball, get inside the red zone, and they need to score touchdowns against the number one defense in red zone in the country. Look, for me, it really does boil down to turnovers. And turnovers are a huge indicator in the outcome of a game, and it has been an even bigger deal in this series. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is minus 14 in turnovers during the seven-game losing streak to Utah. Makes sense. Minus 14 in the turnover margin. For whatever reason, there are more turnovers in this game than usual. I don't know if that's because of the emotions that go into this in terms of you're so hyped that maybe you're, you're not as controlled. I don't know why it is, but it's clearly been that way. BYU has not taken care of the ball in the rivalry game, and it has cost them. And it's not just the fact that they're turning the ball over. It's the types of turnovers. It's where the turnovers are happening, giving Utah a short field or, you know, a pick six or a, you know, a, a fumble in the end zone that's recovered for a touchdown. It's these momentum-shifting turnovers that have killed BYU. And Utah is fantastic at forcing turnovers. BYU has got to be successful at keeping the ball. A clean football game for BYU, I think, will go a long way on Saturday. 12 of the 24 turnovers the last seven years have come in two games. There were seven in 2011. And then there were five in 2015, all of which happened in the first quarter. So you take that away and uh, or give it away, as was the case. <laughs> uh, BYU is in the last couple of years giveaways. Okay, BYU turns it over three, two, five, one, two, seven, four. Okay, BYU's had some takeaways as well. It just because BYU's positive doesn't mean they'll always win. Too in 2016 with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, BYU was plus three and lost. So BYU's got to stay even or positive in turnover margin. And then they've got to cash in. BYU's just got to play better on offense, got to get it in the end zone. Um, and, and it came down to a two-point conversion in 2016 in spite of those numbers. But I'm with you. Turnover's a really big deal. BYU's got to avoid uh, having disastrous numbers there. Okay, BYU's lost seven in a row to Utah. We mentioned it. The Utes are 17 in the college football playoff. Division champs. They had a co-title previously, by the way, but they didn't make the title game. In a Power 5 conference. Superior to BYU in all relevant metrics through 11 games, right? 13-point favorite. That's all great and dandy. What amazing news I've been delivering. So, Jason, what's working in BYU's favor going into Saturday? Uh, the law of averages. <laughs> BYU is due, right? For a win? <laughs> yes, for a win. Seven in a row. I mean, sooner or later, it, it, has to, it has to change, right? Nobody wins forever. Nobody loses forever. Eventually, the tides turn. BYU is due. Here's something else. 
There's no pressure for bowl eligibility for BYU. That was taken care of before. It's a good thing there isn't. Yes, that's well, that's what I'm saying. There is there's, this game is 100% about beating your rival. That's that's what this game is about. Colorado? No, that already happened. That's for Utah, their oh, rival. This is BYU's oh, rival. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It that's there's no they don't have to worry about this for bowl eligibility. That's mm-hmm. already taken care of. And and maybe overconfidence by Utah. I understand. We heard the soundbite from Kyle Whittingham. They're not overlooking anything. I, I it that sounds good. We'll see if that's true because they've obviously got bigger fish to fry and a bigger, uh, you know, bigger game to play over the next couple of weeks. So maybe you get an next over Friday. In yeah, fact. maybe maybe you get an overconfident Utah. Those are the things that are going in. But yes, BYU is due. This is a trap game. That's going for BYU. It's Admiral a, Akbar? It's a trap. Uh, it's Wazoo or UW next week uh, in the Pac-12 championship game, okay? Weather is going for BYU. That could be an equalizer of some speed, right? When the weather's bad, uh, especially snow and it's kind of wet, it comes down to power. If BYU can summon uh, the Arizona-Wisconsin rush game performances. Summon's a great word, by the way. Then, boom, maybe you got a shot. BYU's nothing to lose. BYU's supposed to lose this game. So they have nothing to lose. Like, you lose, hey, you were supposed to lose anyways. And guess what? BYU's QB was one of them. <laughs> now he's on the blue side, okay? Maybe Zach Wilson can have uh, his best performance as a passer because we haven't seen him kind of explode with his arm yet. If the weather's bad, maybe that's not the ideal condition for that. But I think Zach Wilson could have a game that keeps BYU in this and gives themselves a chance. Also, BYU's defense has been really good yes. post-Utah State. 15 a game. Yep. Been doing nice things, right? Uh, I, I think those are working in BYU's favor. But there's a lot that is not. But there are a few that are. So, uh, well, like you said. Hopefully B- those play a factor. They're a 13-point underdog. They're not expected to win. You can go in here. And, and again, you've already got your bowlers. You've got your six wins. Not that you're resting on your laurels. But you don't have that added weight on yeah. your shoulders. If, if BYU had to win this game to get to a bowl game, ugh, that'd be bad. That'd be really bad. This is a tough game, and uh, BYU's going for the upset. But that's the fun part of the upsets. You don't, you don't necessarily see them coming. That's the fun part. So we'll see how it plays out Saturday. What? Can you imagine the storyline if Zach Wilson is the guy that breaks the streak as quarterback? I can. I've thought through this. I've been thinking about it. I mean, yeah. what a great storyline that will be. Fantastic. That will be awesome. Our question when of the happens. day. When? Yeah. If you could draft one former BYU player for your Turkey Bowl team, who would it be? Hear your responses in the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Daberg May on Twitter, the Swiss Army Knife, the Thorderback, the Taysom Hill. It'd be pretty good in the Turkey. So does it have It'd be to be unfair? Right? Yeah. Does it have to be former? Because can I give one idea of a current player who I would want? Molangi. Is anybody going to stop Mo Longy at anything? Can Mo Longy move? Do we the Mo we Longy, Where is Mo Longy? I don't know. Mo Longy, you can, nobody is going to stop Mo Longy. Uh, that's who I would take from the current team. So i i went to I went to one in Orem a couple of years ago with Wayne Latu. Remember Wayne? Mm-hmm. So played running back yeah. at BYU, hundred yards against UNLV in '05, and that particular group was playing tackle. This was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I catch the ball, and Wayne Lottu was coming at me like I stole something yeah. from him. Yeah, I just 
sprinted out of bounds. I was probably 10 yards from out of bounds. I just sprinted out of bounds, got out of the way, business decision, one of the best decisions I've made in my entire life. You're here today because of that decision. Did I squeal like a little girl? Probably. (laughs) Yes. Continue the uh, tweets, the grams, and the Facebooks on the response. Coming up, does Max Hall still hate Utah? I don't know. Probably. Did the sun rise in the east this morning? (laughs) What, What if it rose in the west? Hall joins us next. What is BYU's path to victory in Salt Lake? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU basketball hosts Rice tonight in a Thanksgiving Eve matchup at the Marriott Center. You can watch on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. Radio pregame begins at 8 Eastern time. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If you missed the show, you can always download the podcast or watch on BYUSN.com. Experience BYUSN whenever, wherever you'd like. Our question of the day, if you could draft one former BYU player for your Turkey Bowl team, who would it be? At Dane underscore Eric 10 on Instagram. Easy. Kyle Whittingham. That would leave them without a head coach. (laughs) Because he can't get back. I like the I like the thought I like process. The idea, though, I like the thought process on take that. Take away the general there. Yeah, it's good. Okay, we've talked about how BYU hasn't beaten Utah since uh, 2009. Uh, Max Hall was the quarterback then, so we've we've thought, is there a curse of Max Hall to try and break the streak? We now bring on a guest. His name is Max Hall. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline and joins us. Max, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. It's great to have you. Hey, thank you. It's good to be on. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're good, man. It's BYU-Utah week. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. It's it's great, man. So, um, Let's do, go. Do you still hate Utah? I hate Utah. <laughs> <laughs> that never, never gets uh, old. Listen, there, there will always be that part of me that, uh, you know, has an issue with the color red. Um, but, you know, as, as the years have gone by and I've stepped away from it, and especially after going through – you know, the, the trials and stuff that I went through and to, to see the amount of um, BYU, but also a lot of Utah fans reach out to me, soften my heart just a little bit. But, um, you know, there'll always be that competitive rivalry against those dudes. Some have suggested that there is a Max Hall curse. Do you, do you have a response to that? What is your response to those that say there is a Max Hall curse? Man, sometimes I don't know what to, to think about that. I just think sometimes it's an excuse uh, on what's, co- what's been going on <laughs> the last nine years. There ain't no freaking curse. Somebody needs to step up and win the game. That's what I think. It's true, and there have been so many moments where you think, yeah, BYU could have had that one and that one and that one. That one. For some reason, it's, it's piled up to seven. So we've been talking about in the opening segment what impact that has on the game. You know, the players and coaches say, oh, it has no impact. But give us an idea of what, if you were a player and you had lost seven in a row to the rival, right? And you, you didn't. You, you won uh, in 07 and 09, right? Um, what, yeah. what impact does that have, you think, uh, potentially on these players, if at all? Yeah, I don't know if it does. If it does have an impact, they're wrong because it shouldn't. You know, the these guys and these players going into this game need to have no doubt and no fear going into it. They need to believe and know as they're going through the week preparing for the game that they're going to win the football game. Forget about any curse. Forget about the record the last, whatever, nine years. Forget about what Utah's ranked. 
or what the uh, um, what the spread is, but link your arms together and know going into the game we're going to win it. And we don't care about any of that stuff, but we're coming to your house to beat you, and good luck stopping us. That's the attitude these guys need to go into this game with, not thinking about all the records and the curses and all that stuff. Let's just prepare to go play some football and win a game. Max, what do you think is the bigger challenge for BYU on Saturday? Is it slowing down Utah's offense or scoring on Utah's defense? That is a that is a good question because, I mean, hey, Utah's got a good football team. Let's not kid ourselves right now. You know, they're number one in the Pac-10 South for a reason. Um, in my opinion, I think it's going to come down to BYU's offense versus Utah's defense. I think Utah's offense has played really well in the last five or six games. That quarterback that's been in there has done a good job. They have two solid running backs. I think uh, I think they're going to get theirs. But the, the question is, can our offense hang? Can we put up points and can we score, you know, up close between, you know, 24 and 30 points to have enough to beat these guys? So they have to do a great job in the run game. They have to be really good on first and second down and stay out of third long. And then, you know, Zach's got to step up. This, this is a big game for Zach. And as a freshman going into a game like this, um, there's a lot of nerves and things that can go into it. But he's got to have that same attitude that I just talked about. Um, he's got to play fearless. He's got to play smart. And he's got to make plays with his feet. And I think if we can do that and run the ball well, we'll be right there with him. But if we don't and we're in bad situations and we turn the ball over, it could be a long night for us. Max Hall is on BYU Sports Nation talking BYU and Utah. You mentioned the turnovers. that have, Those have played a huge role, obviously, in this game the last several years. In fact, BYU was plus three in 2016 and still lost the game. But what, what do you think uh, turnovers could play in terms of role this Saturday, especially if it's snowy and wet? Oh, is it going to be snowy and wet? Oh, wow. Um, that, that changes things. Uh, drastically if it's like that. Then turnovers, I think, come into play big time. But but if you look at the past, I know you just saw the, the one game where BYU was plus three. Every time that BYU, that we've lost to them and lost bad is because of turnovers. Even my junior year, we had six turnovers in that game. Uh, when we played them in the bowl game, we had five or six turnovers, I think. So we have to take care of the football and make some plays. And if it's, definitely, if it's wet outside, our guys up front got to get it done. We got to be able to run the ball and pound it against them. But you know that's going to be a huge challenge with uh, Utah's front seven. You mentioned Zach Wilson a second ago and how you know he needs to have a big game on Saturday. What have been your impressions of Zach since taking over as the starter over the past five games? You know I've been very impressed with Zach. He's done some some really good things. You know, especially just kind of making plays, getting out of the pocket, doing it with his feet, or finding somebody on the run. Um, so if he, he needs to take what they give him, take calculated shots, and then be able to make plays getting out of the pocket. So if, and, and he's done that in the last five games, and it's been impressive to watch. He still makes some freshman mistakes once in a while, but that has to be expected. But um, the quality of play that we've seen from him at such a young age, um, I think gives us uh, some great hope going into not only this game, but the future of BYU football. You played in three tremendous matchups with Utah in 07, 8, and 9. Let's rewind 10 years ago to the road game you played, which BYU is about to play that same kind of road game. What's it like at the line of scrimmage and Rice-Eccles in a BYU-Utah game? First of all, I can't believe it's been 10 years. Holy Crazy, crap. right? That is crazy. Um, I don't feel that old yet. But, uh, 
Um, I remember going into that game. We went into that game really confident. Uh, that is a very hostile environment to play in. Uh, the, their their fans and their student section are loud and do, do a great job making that place, um, you know, a tough place to play in. But um, uh, you can silence them really quick if we if we if they can get on the board quick and not give them momentum in the first quarter. But if if Utah gets momentum in the first quarter. Um, and that crowd gets gone, it becomes really tough. And that's what happened to us um, when I played there my junior year. We had, I think I threw four or five interceptions in the first half. They had a ton of momentum, and um, we just weren't able to claw back from there. So things are going to happen in this game that BYU is going to have to overcome some adversity, stay calm, and not panic. Um, like I said, otherwise, you know, Utah could run away with it. You mentioned staying calm. Emotions can be a great thing. It can also be a negative thing. And in these, both teams are so amped to play. How difficult is it to manage those emotions, especially early in the game, and to to try and kind of settle in and and make make good decisions as opposed to being so hyped up? Yeah, and especially as a quarterback. You know, uh, as a quarterback, I I like to play with emotion. I played with with fire, passion. I, I played angry. I played mad. And I was able to do that, but I still had to harness those emotions and turn them into focus on the field and really pay attention to everything that was going on around me, seeing the defense, slowing the game down so that I can make good reads and make good decisions. But if you let that emotion speed everything up for you and get crazy and you're thinking about the crowd and you're thinking about everything else going on than what your assignment is on that play and what the defense is doing – that's when things can get out of hand. So harnessing that emotion and turning that into focus and doing your job is the key to it. Well, and do you think that's why we've seen so many turnovers in this series? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why you see turnovers, you see dumb penalties, you see personal fouls, you see all that stuff in this game because of overhyped emotion. Um, The emotion is going to be there no matter what going into this game. It's like I said, who can harness it, who can focus it, and turn it into execution and physical play on the field. Talking to Max Hall on BYU Sports Nation. Let's rewind to the last game BYU beat Utah, 2009, your senior year, senior night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Describe to us in overtime kind of uh, the mentality and then describe the play to Andrew George that won the game. Okay, so I don't remember. I'm pretty sure the the play call was – it was basically, a, I think, a spread formation, two-by-two, two, and we called it 56-W, which is where um, basically the two slot receivers have five-yard outs. Um, but I signaled a sign over to Andrew, which, which was he would take two steps to the out and then pivot back to the inside. And so all I had to do was kind of hold the – it ended up being the safety because they came down and played man, but I had to hold the safety – to the right, and then come back to the left and hit Andrew on time before the safety could recover and get there. And that's exactly how it played out. I hit it, I hit Andrew right on time. The two, the linebacker and the safety, the two Utah defenders collided, and Andrew was able to run, you know, by himself into the end zone. So that was a bang bang play. It could have been batted down, but we were able to squeeze it in there just in time and let Andrew go get it. He didn't even have his chin strap on. Um, did, was He was ready for the play, but I, I think maybe he didn't take the time to do that, was just looking over at you maybe. So, so you, made, you made an audible at the line of scrimmage then, you say, with Andrew. Yeah, I just, 
I just made an adjustment, you know, based on because the linebacker was playing outside of Andrews, so throwing a five-yard out with an outside leverage linebacker obviously isn't a good play. So I gave him the signal to to, to take a few steps to the out and then pivot back inside. Um, just kind of an adjustment that we've always kind of had on that play and had success with it. We were able to complete it. Well, great stuff, Max. We appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully, BYU can get it done this Saturday. Take care of business, snap the streak, and then uh, we'll remember this team forever. Absolutely. This, and I think I heard you say this yesterday, Jeremy. It was a good point. I don't think this season is going to be that memorable if we don't win this game. Did you say that yesterday on the show? Yeah, yeah right now I think it's defined by the Wisconsin win as like a one-off game. But if they win uh, yeah. Saturday, we'll remember the 2018 BYU football team. Absolutely. When we got back on track and beat the youth. So let's go. Let's get it done. Awesome. Thanks, Max, for the time. We appreciate it, man. Okay. See you guys later. Okay. That's Max Hall on the Deseret First Credit Union. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. That is one of the most remarkable things that I think athletes can do is the recall on such specific information. Like he remembered not just the play. 56 W. He remembered the name of the play. He remembered the formations. He remembered the audible to Andrew George. He remembered where the linebacker was. In the, in the defensive formation, that's unbelievable how athletes can do that. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, he audibled at the line, dude, <laughs> to, to Andrew George. It's like, hey, just I gave him a signal to come inside. Yeah, and unbelievable. Boom, love it. Coming up, why is playing Utah on November 24th significant for BYU? Greg Rubel will tell us in just a little bit. And is having the game as the final regular season game a big deal or a no deal? This is BYU Sports Nation. Watch the Cougars warm up before Saturday night's game on Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV. Join us 8 Eastern as the Cougars prepare for the rivalry game in Salt Lake City against Utah. Welcome back. Jeremy Jason in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. Let's check out some of today's headlines. BYU football continues preparation for number 17, Utah, on Saturday night. Join us at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio for pregame coverage on Cougar Pregame Live and then 9 Eastern on BYU TV for countdown to kickoff. BYU men's basketball back at home tonight hosting Rice. Yoli Childs will be going for his sixth consecutive double-double. The game will tip at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'll be honest. If Yoli Childs doesn't have 10-plus rebounds in a game, I'll be like, what, what happened? What? He's so good He's at so good at it. Yeah, yeah you, just, you just go in assuming it's going to happen. BYU women's basketball knocks off Utah State in OT, 62-57. Freshman Shaley Gonzalez scored a game-high 20 off the bench. Cougars 3-1 now play in the San Diego State Thanksgiving Classic this weekend. BYU women's volleyball swept in its regular season finale on the road at LMU. This was BYU's first loss of the season and the first time they've been swept since 2016. Cougars will now begin to prepare for the NCAA tournament. Seeding will be announced on Sunday. It's expected that next Friday is when BYU will start competing. Uh, There's lots to discuss that's a big deal or no deal, and uh, let's get to it. Big deal. No deal. Is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. I say that to BYU football this Saturday as well. (laughs) Number one. Big deal, no deal. Having the rivalry game as the final regular season match. I'll say big deal for familiarity's sake. You know, just for nostalgic reasons. That's That's the place it always was. That's where almost everybody's memories 
Go Back 2 was a regular season finale, either in Provo or in Salt Lake City. So, yeah, I think it's a big deal. If I'm reading correctly, it's the first time since 2010 yeah. that it's been the regular season finale for BYU. So uh, I go no deal, and or perhaps no deal because it hasn't mattered when the game's been played. But perhaps going back to the end of the season is good for BYU in some way. It used to be for a Mountain West Conference championship, and, and it would mean something, right? Um, but perhaps it's a big deal because the weather's going to play a factor if it's earlier in the year. There ain't no snow, but Saturday there could be some snow, at least some rain. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. No, I'll, big, it, I'll go big deal for the weather. How yeah, about that? Like if, it's, if it's not going to be the last, I love the fact that next year it'll be the first. One of the two. Listen, it's for the countdown's sake, it's better to be first. <laughs> Number two. For the countdown's sake, that is a big deal. There's no doubt about it. Big deal, no deal. Not knowing Squally Canada's availability for Saturday's game. It's a big deal. I mean, this is a guy that we know when healthy what he's capable of. The problem is he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and it's unfortunate for him because the way he started the season was fantastic. I mean, it's a big deal to not have him. The good thing is you've had guys like Matt Hadley and Lopini Katoa and Riley Burt when he's gotten the, the carries. Guys have been able to step up, but not having Squally, if you had Squally adding to that, a sure. healthy Squally, that, that, that would be a really nice addition to the running game in, in a game that you're going to need to run the ball. I'm going to say no deal because Squally Cannon has not been the same guy since the Arizona and Wisconsin games. He had two tremendous games, one in which he had, you know, 99 yards and he had 118 in the other, and he had five touchdowns combined in those two games. He has not been a non-factor in the rest of the other nine games due to injury. Uh, so even if Squally is good to go, is he the same guy? He's not been the same guy since September, and that's been unfortunate. But like you said, Lopini Cateau was fantastic. Yes, he was great. Against New Mexico State, Matt Hadley uh, has been really good for BYU as well. So I think BYU can get it done if Squally Canada is not going to play on Saturday, and we'll see if he's available. I, I think it would only be good if he could go. But is he the same guy? That's the question. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU women's volleyball dropping their final match of the regular season and ending the streak at LMU. Yeah, it's a big deal. And I hope it isn't the case, but, you know, it, they very well could have cost themselves a number one seed. I hope that's not the case. I hope that you look at what, B, the, and by you, I mean the NCAA tournament committee. They watch the show every they day. They watch it yeah, every day. If they not, know. they DVR it. I hope they will take into account what this team has done. And the fact that this loss came without McKenna Miller who has been so well, so good this year and has played so well. So I, I hope it doesn't cost them, but it is a big deal to, to lose that match. There's no question. That's a quad two loss, probably. Um, BYU doesn't have enough quad ones compared to everyone else going for a one seed. And uh, the undefeated and uh, factor in the big donut and loss column was, was helping BYU. Um, I believe BYU will probably be a two seed and they'll host the first two rounds, but not the regional semifinal and final should they get to that point, and we expect them to get to that point. So, yeah, it is a bummer, and because McKenna Miller's not on the team, it would make total sense if BYU wasn't a one seed because they're not that same team anymore, and that's how they assess things. They don't assess you for what you uh, have done and are per se, but, like, who are you now and what can you do based on the personnel? Like, it would make sense – that BYU would be a two seed. I don't think it's a terrible thing, too. One loss, you'd say, hey, we deserve to be a one. No, McKenna Miller's a big deal. That's a big, well, and BYU, and BYU still is, a, is still a really good team. They can still make a run. BYU, can, BYU was just hoping to host yes, the regional yes. semifinal. This, that was the idea. This team yeah. can still do everything 
we expected them to do as a one seed, as a two seed. They're, it, they're, they're, yeah. It was shocking that they got swept. That doesn't take away from the fact that this team is still really good and, and has been dominant all year. The path to the Final Four has the same resistance it's had the last couple of years now. Yes. You're going to have to beat a higher or, or a really good team on their home court probably. Yes. Number four. Last one, big deal, no deal. Preparing yourself for game day, or in this case, preparing yourself the day before for the Thanksgiving feast. You said at the top of the show that you're preparing yourself um, for this. Yeah. And, and, look, and I can respect that. I've not really thought that far. I, like, you never want to not eat. Not eating, actually. It's called fasting, and it's encouraged in some circles yes, once a month. Today is not the, uh, the first Sunday of the month. <laughs> so, you, not eating, actually, would, would be a detriment when you want to eat more. Yeah. Because your stomach, your stomach would shrink. Yeah. So you you want to eat, but within moderation. Just don't don't when go it, nuts on the food today, so that yeah. you can just go crazy on it tomorrow. <laughs> go crazy, people! <laughs> go crazy. That is big deal, no deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. We appreciate their sponsorship. Our question of the day: If you could draft one former BYU player for your Turkey Bowl team, who would it be? From Facebook, Dan McGuire. If it's tackle football, Harvey Unga or Fui Vakapuna. No backyard football player is going to bring one of those guys down. Is that Mark McGuire's brother, Dan? Isn't isn't that his brother's name, so. Dan McGuire? I think so. Dan's tuning into the hey, show. Hey, Dan, we got maybe Mark will uh, <laughs> party with us. Maybe Al will join us later. I don't know. I yeah, like it. We'll see. All right, coming up, Canadian Thanksgiving is come and gone, but Greg Rubel will still join us in giving thanks. When is Canadian Thanksgiving? I don't even know. We'll ask Greg next. It's what? Columbus, Columbus Day. Day. Okay, yeah. Well, we call that Columbus Day here. What men's hoops needs this week to end up 6-1 and one at the end of the week? This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. She's got the latest details. I'm not allowed to say deets anymore. In Cougar Sports with a social media twist. You can watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is our question of the day on Thanksgiving Eve. Hopefully everyone's having a great day today and preparing for tomorrow. If you could draft one former BYU player for your Turkey Bowl team, who would it be? Brent Robinson says, Coach Lavelle Edwards. Hey, you, you'd have a high-flying offense. Absolutely. That's for sure. At uh, Matt Curdy on Twitter. Ty Detmer, hands down. Dude's got old man strength now. <laughs> <laughs> and an accurate QB who can throw a long ball is deadly against any turkey bowl defense. Yeah, there's no, there's no cover two defense on uh We saw the video from Max Hall, right? Of Ty, like yes. within the last couple of months. Yes. Just like hitting receivers right on the, right on the money like we would expect anything else. Still got it, dude. He still got it. Continued weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next guest is the voice of the Cougars. His name is Greg Rubel. Greg, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. So my Turkey Bowl guy, and thank you, uh, Lee Johnson. Flip field position. It's, all, it's a field position. It's a you're field position punting, game. You're the yeah, punting yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's fourth down. I don't think we're going to make it. Uh, no, let's no. punt. Yeah. yeah. Do the safe thing. Okay, BYU and Utah on Saturday. We'll talk hoops in a sec. We'll wrap with that. But okay. BYU and Utah, yeah. the rival. What does the rivalry mean to you? You've been part of this rivalry as a student and then on the broadcast crew since 92. 
What does it mean to you? It's meant some of my favorite broadcasting memories. You know, people ask for, uh, you know, biggest games or biggest calls, and most of them are BYU-Utah games, whether it's Speck to Harleen or 4th and 18 or Georgia in overtime or even Jimmer from half court. These are BYU-Utah moments. So those games give me the most indelible broadcasting memories. That's what it means to me. I, you had a quote in, maybe it was the 90s or something, where you were like, the the way BYU's lost a, a the cardiac, the heart, the what you had some quote that I read when I was little. I was like, "This is the perfect description of losing to Utah." Do you, do you recall? I'm glad, what I'm glad I did about? that. I don't know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it clearly it made an impression it on you. It made Jim. an impression on me <laughs> so much that I can't remember it. Right? Yeah. Nor can I. Yeah. <laughs> we were having this conversation with Max Hall, and we were talking about you know who who needs to have the bigger game. Is is there more pressure on the offense to score on Utah's defense? BYU's defense stopping Utah's offense. I think most people would probably go on the offensive side. So with that in mind, what has the offense shown you over the last month and a half or so that gives you confidence that they can score on this Utah defense on Saturday? Well, Utah's defense is, uh, is formidable, and uh, it's hard to run against them. And I think if BYU can't run against them, they're not going to win. Uh, the numbers have shown that over time. Uh, Kalani's not won a game yet, okay? Since he's been the head coach, BYU's not won a game yet when they don't get to 100 yards rushing. Okay, in their seven straight losses to Utah, they're averaging 92, and that's with some low games in there. So if they, if they can't run it, they probably can't win it, and and so that puts a lot of pressure on that guy, number four, and number two, and number 34. But the good thing is they're all available right now. I'm not I'm not even really sweating Squally. I, I don't expect much, if anything. I've kind of you know put, set him to the side just because his injuries have taken him out. But that said, those other three guys. They should all be good enough and fresh enough and strong enough for BYU to kind of just kind of roll them in, keep rolling guys in, and find a way to grind out those, those, those rush yards. What did Colorado rush for, 36 or 38 last week? Now, they were trailing up much of the game, but you've got to find a way to somehow get something done against Utah, and it's hard. They're fifth or sixth in the country right now in rush yards per carry allowed. It's hard to do, but if you can't do it, you probably can't win it. And so, but I, but I think BYU is as, as equipped as they've been uh, to, to try and do it, at least. And the Lopini Katoa thing, I think, is a big deal. Over the last month, we saw almost nothing from him. And he was coming, I, I thought he was going to be a go to guy, even with Squally still in the mix. I thought Lopini was ready to take over. Uh, and because he wasn't, they had to bring Matt Hadley and elevate his role. Now that he's back, look how good he looked this past week. If that's your guy, if that's the same guy this week, I feel good about BYU's ability to at least give it a shot to get those ground uh, yards uh, uh, you know, rolled up. Can BYU summon uh, the Arizona or the Wisconsin performance one time? And that was September, but BYU dominated the line of scrimmage in those two games. Double-digit underdogs, Power 5 teams on the road. That's the case here. Okay, let's expand that a little bit. This will be Kalani Sitake's 10th P5 away game, away neutral. So 10th P5 game away from home. Okay, His record's 4-5 and five in the previous nine. Okay, let's break down the four and five. How do they get to the four and how do they have the five? So of these nine away neutral P5 games, in the five losses, BYU has 11 turnovers. In the four wins, zero. So don't turn Not a single turnover in their away neutral P5 wins. Hmm. Not even one. They've beaten Arizona twice, they've beaten Michigan State, and they've beaten Wisconsin. All on the road, all without a single turnover. Let's back it up. What was BYU's last win over Utah? 2009. How many turnovers? Zero. Turnovers in every Utah game since, and multiple turnovers in six of the seven losses. So if you're going to win away from home against a really good team, a P5 team, not just take care of the ball, don't turn it over at all.
at all. Because BYU's had trouble when they do it against the good teams away from home. When they haven't turned it over, win, 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 win. And it doesn't mean you'll win per se, but you at least give yourself a chance on the road. And with a freshman quarterback, if it's snowing, you can't ask Zach Wilson to win with his arm in the snow. I think that's somewhat unrealistic. So run, run, and don't turn it over. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's remarkable, though, that that's the way it's been. That, 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 that the one common tie in those four P5 away neutral games is they didn't turn it over a single time, not mm. even one. Let's talk about the other side of the football. The BYU defense, since the Utah State games, played really well. They're only giving up 15 points per game. How do you think they match up against this Utah offense that you kind of thought after they lose Huntley and they lose Moss that they, they take a step back? That hasn't been the case. Yeah, there was a stretch there where Utah, I think, uh, peeled off maybe four straight games of 40-plus in the midst of Pac-12 play, so clearly it's a good offense. But the BYU defense has been the better part of this BYU team this year, especially late in the season. So, uh, you know, I won't be surprised at all if this thing looks like it's going to go, uh, you know, 21-17, 17-14, 20-17. That kind of has the feel to me. Um, Utah's proven good enough to get the numbers up, but where BYU's strong right now is is keeping numbers low. They've only allowed uh, 24 points or more two times in 11 games. And, and this would kind of go in line with how these BYU-Utah games have gone, with some rare exceptions. Um, you know, Utah has gotten loose on BYU a handful of times in the last 20 years, but just a handful. Most of these other games are grinders. And, uh, yeah, BYU's hurt uh, without Corbin Kafusi. There's no doubt. You know, he's, he's just a difference maker. He's a playmaker. He's a guy that can, uh, can, can, can switch things in a hurry because of his impact. So it's a factor. It's, it's an element you've got to consider. Um, it's more of a bunch of guys trying to replace Corbin now because he's a special and unique player. So that's a, that's a hit. It's a big hit you take at this time of year. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, is on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars men's basketball team plays Rice tonight. Uh, what have you seen from BYU that's encouraged you that this team's uh, headed towards what they hope is an NCAA tournament again this season. Uh, tempo and transition and a solid first seven that will soon be eight with Nick Emery. I feel really good about the first seven, soon to be eight, uh, on this team. Uh, the freshmen have come in and done, I, I think, everything you'd hope they could do and more with Baxter and Harding. And that's even with Gavin missing the last game. Hopefully he's back tonight against Rice. Uh, but B- what BYU's done in terms of their speed of play and how, what they're doing in fast break and transitions made a big difference for this team early season. And hopefully it pays off uh, once they get into a, a tougher stretch of games, which is uh, just around the corner. Okay, check out the pregame on BYU Radio tonight at 8 Eastern and then uh, tips at night. With nine, this guy? So. Yeah. yeah. Zach, Zach Salius will be our player interview in the first segment. Very nice. Having a, having a nice start. You won't be able to hear his short shorts, but they're there. Trust me. <laughs> and no his promise. short hair. And his short hair. That's right. Yes. Okay, thanks, Greg. It's a good look. Uh, thank you. Uh, enjoy hey. the rest of the show. I was going to say, yeah. anything else to tease? No, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Behind the mic is taking a hiatus for those wondering, right? There's a BYU basketball game yeah, tonight and the next few weeks, as a matter yeah. of fact, too. Back in January? I think uh, we're going to be back. Unless BYU's playing a bowl game on December 19th, we'll have a show that night, and I think it'll be a Mark Lyons night. Probably have Mark in for That's the hour. That's a great idea. Hey, and we've actually teased this really quick. We, we teased it a bunch during the show. You tweeted out the significance of playing this game on November 24th. Oh, it's a goofy thing. But, but, but uh, let's yeah. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we teased this throughout the we entire to, show. Thank you. Yeah, okay. We, yeah. So, yeah, as it turns out, and then, you know, not, not that it was, uh, it just kind of, uh, it kind of appeared to me. Uh, BYU is undefeated on November 24th. Take it for this Well, well, well. They're 10-0. Yes. Oh. They're 10-0 oh on that date. We're and reaching for things that are going in BYU's Yeah, well, sure, why not? It's a fun yes. one. 10-0 uh, oh on that date. 3-0 oh against Utah on that date. Lavelle's last game was on that date up in Salt Lake City, the November 24th. year yeah. anniversary. Yeah, of that, of that game. So, yeah, let's uh, hang our hat on that. I love it. Let's We're better it. already. Yeah. Why is BYU going to win Saturday? Because it's on November 24th. <laughs> the calendar says so. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Yep. Coming up, it's no Thanksgiving without football. Former Cougars Ziggy Ansah, Taysom Hill will take the field on Turkey Day. Wade and Jimmer Fredette got in some early holiday action, scoring a David Nixon's worth. 
This is BYU Sports Nation. Big thanks to today's guests, Max Hall and Greg Rubel. Sorry to Dennis Pitt on no time. If you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. The Cougars continue to prepare for number 17 Utah Saturday night in Salt Lake City. You can join us Saturday at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio pregame coverage, immediately following basketball coverage, and then at 9 Eastern on BYU TV for countdown to kickoff. Men's basketball. It's a ball night in the Marriott Center. BYU plays Rice. Yoli Child's going for his sixth consecutive double-double of the season. Game tips at 9 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio. Pre-game on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Women's basketball. Knocks off Utah State in overtime, 62-57. Freshman Shaley Gonzalez, who, by the way, Jeff Judkin said could be one of the greats. Could be one of the greats. Scored a game-high 20 points off the bench. Volleyball. Number one, BYU women's volleyball was swept in its regular season finale at LMU. That's the first loss of the season for the previously undefeated BYU Cougars. And the first time the Cougars have been swept since September 2016. Selection Sunday coming up this week. Jimmer. Fredette scored 43 points. He dished out six assists, a steal, and a block. That's right, defense and a 118-115 win for the Shanghai Sharks. Cougars in the NFL. One block. <laughs> Defense. <laughs> Ziggy Ansah and the Lions play the Chicago Bears tomorrow. Taysom Hill and the Saints will go marching in on the Falcons as part of the Thanksgiving Day Feast of Games. Can't wait. Today's rise and shout goes to Brenna Chase. A block, a steal, and a three-pointer in the final minute to help women's hoops win in overtime against Utah State. Nicely done. Indeed. Our question of the day, if you could draft one former BYU player for your Turkey Bowl team, who would it be? At FreezeCat435 on Twitter. I'd take Brady Papinga. That guy brings enough heat to thaw and cook the turkey. <laughs> I miss his intensity. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's pretty good. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. They might get some fresh pow this weekend. At Shea Lawrence so C. Hip. My all-time BYU football turkey ball team. Jim McMaham. Trevor Maddich Potatoes, Derwin Grave V, Kyle Yam Noy, Matt Green Bellini <laughs> Casserole, Reno Mahe Roni and Cheese, and Evan Pilgrim. Well done. <laughs> Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jason. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ronnie Jenkins. We're taking tomorrow off. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you Friday.